One of the biggest hurdles to creating positive change in our lives is navigating competing priorities. I see it all the time with statements like, I want to choose non-toxic products, but they're so expensive, as just one example. We're constantly trying to balance the benefits with time and money, it seems. And competing priorities are a fact of life. So rather than fighting them, I think it's important that we understand how to navigate them so that we can make more informed and confident decisions. This is why I asked personal development coach and one of the early students of my Healthy Home Method to speak with me about navigating competing priorities effectively. In this conversation, I'm chatting with Claudia Aronowitz. She is an accomplished personal development and relationship coach certified with the International Coach Federation. Claudia is an engaging, strategic thinker who, prior to becoming a coach, spent over 20 years as a leader in the health and not-for-profit sectors. Today, as a personal development and relationships coach, Claudia uses compassion, insight, and straightforward communication to support her clients through change and transition. Her ability to clarify complex situations and break them down into accessible steps helps her clients gain new perspectives and confidence while embracing new opportunities. Having resided and studied in numerous countries, Claudia is fluent in three languages and is well-equipped to embrace and understand a variety of cultures and viewpoints. In this conversation, we cover the different stages of change, the hardest stage when it comes to making a big change and how to move past it, what creates the feeling of overwhelm, how we can navigate competing priorities most effectively, and the three things we can all do to navigate change more easily. I had a lot of fun with this conversation, and I hope you enjoy it too. Welcome to the Missing Pillar of Health podcast, the show that tackles the often misunderstood and underestimated topics related to toxins and their impact on our health and well-being. I'm your host, environmental engineer, mom of two, and founder of Green at Home, Emma Roman. My mission is to help you reduce toxins in your life without fear, judgment, or shame, so you can be more informed and empowered to take action on issues that matter to your health. The research is clear that toxic chemicals found in the products we use, food we eat, water we drink, and air we breathe are contributing to the rise of chronic illness, allergies, infertility, autoimmune disease, and more. The good news is you can reduce your exposure without having to drastically change your lifestyle, and I'm here to show you how. As Margaret Mead said, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. I believe addressing toxins is a critical step towards creating healthier and happier families, communities, and ultimately a better planet. And that starts right here, right now. Let's dive into today's show. Hello, Claudia, and welcome to the show. Hi, Emma. Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited about this conversation. You and I go way back, <laughs> back a little while anyways. And so I'm looking forward to reconnecting and sharing your wisdom with my audience. Before we dive into the conversation, can you share a little bit about yourself and what led you to becoming a personal development coach? So I have been a personal development coach for the past uh, six years. And I like to say that I have my clients create a stronger and more positive relationship with themselves and with others. And what actually led me there is I got a cancer diagnosis 10 years ago. 
And after spending a few years home, I had to go back into a career and I just couldn't see myself back into a nine to five job. And it was just time to rethink what was my second career going to be and what were my strengths. And destiny or life just showed coaching up to me. And it has been an amazing journey. And I believe in it so much. And I'm totally passionate about what I did today. That's amazing. It's interesting how much a major health diagnosis can change the trajectory of your life, right? It can completely change it. And it's one of those changes that you don't ask for it. But if you really like most changes, try to adapt to it and see what's the good part of it. A lot of healthy and good things can come out of it. It's a good outlook. It is because, you know, I didn't ask for it, but that's what happened. And that was the only thing in my control. Like we're going to talk. And that's what led me to find a new career which is what led me to find you and want to have a healthier lifestyle. And so you help people through a lot of different situations in their lives. A lot of people come to you when they're struggling or navigating situations that are difficult, challenging, and you help them through that. Now, when it comes to people being able to make changes in their life, though, like as a personal development coach, you're helping people grow and move forward, right? Can you expand a little bit on what what exactly you do? I work with a lot of people that are going through transitions, either because they want to create a change in their life and the relationships, or because life, like with me, through a corporate ball and a change happened, and now you have to adapt to it. And you need to redefine who you are and redefine what you do and do something different. At the end, it's a little bit of the same process. It's just some of the changes we start and others just come our way. But we deal with it in the same way once you start through the process of transition and changes. So I work with a lot of people that just need that change. I like to say, you know, from being just okay in life, it's not that I'm horribly depressed, but I'm just not fulfilled. I'm not content. I'm not happy. And we work on things that you have in your control to get to whatever that vision is for your life. That's interesting that some people aren't necessarily at, I guess what I would call rock bottom, (laughs) but they know that there is something that they need to change, do differently so that they can feel better. Now, I, I often talk about humans as a species being averse to change. Our brains haven't really developed very much from the caveman days, right? And back then, what we didn't know or what we did differently could instantly kill us. Like if we decided to try a new berry or if we decided to walk along a different path that ended up in a cliff, we would fall over or a den of some animal that would eat us. Like those were the kinds of risks that humans faced. And so change wasn't, it wasn't good for our survival. And so we still operate under that kind of assumption unconsciously. Right. So I'm wondering with your work and working with various clients, I'm curious as to the kinds of common threads that you see in people who know that they need to change and want help to make that change, despite generally humans being averse to it. So what makes people more open to change than than others? And how do they kind of overcome that maybe natural pull against change? I would like to start by saying, you know, you say that we, our minds were made not to do change, but to do things the same way. And I have learned over my life and I, that actually the only constant thing that you can count on in life is that change is going to happen. So it's a very like, you know, our minds weren't made for change, but now actually the only constant in everybody's life is that change will happen. 
So I would like everybody that's, you know, hearing this to understand that let's just be friend change and learn how to deal with it because it's here to stay. And I mm-hmm. think this year out of all the years, we can count and change and see how easy our lives can change in just a second. But I have seen with all the clients that I work with is tr- one of the things is I see a lot is trying to understand what they actually want from the change. I love all those clients that come to me and I ask them questions and they start by, I don't know. And I don't know. And I even laugh, you know, it's just like a 30th time you said, I don't know in our session. And as we move through the process, they start knowing what they want. And the answer is still not clear, but there's no more. I don't know. And the people that are able to create change are those that do the work to understand why they want to change. Why is that important to them? And they really understand it's not something I should be doing or I heard somebody else and but truly understand this is a change that is important to me. And this is why it's important to me. The second one would be is that change is uncomfortable. Like you're not supposed to make it easy. It's not supposed to be. It's out of, by definition, change is out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Anything new that you're doing, like the healthy changes, are out of your comfort zone. There's something new. So it's okay to feel a little bit out of control. And it's okay to feel uncomfortable. And some people just really have a hard time feeling uncomfortable and not in control. So I'd like to take them to just, it's okay that you have all these feelings coming up. Let's just look at the things that you do have control over and do the change anyhow. And I see that that's also something that some people do. And I would say that the last one is that those that are can change more easily are those that are okay with a little bit of failure because we're hmm. perfect human beings. So some of the changes you will do will not work out for you. You know, I'll buy some products and I actually hate them and I'll go back to the old ones. And that's okay because change is not supposed to be a one time I do it and I got it right. It's supposed to be I'll change, I'll try, I'll try the other thing, I'll keep on trying and I don't have to take every change. It has to be perfect the first time. And then it makes it easier to change. That's an important reminder because I think we've ended up in this trap of the instant gratification. You know, like you can make a couple clicks online and have something shipped to your door sometimes that same day. Like we've been conditioned for instantaneous responses and answers and results, but that isn't possible when we're talking about our our lives and the big important changes that we need to make, right? Yes. And I think once we realize that whatever change you're going to make, it's going to have a few stumbles down the road. It's not an easy road. It's just part of life. And that's okay because we are actually all strong enough, like we just saw in 2020, to live through any changes that we need to change. So my invitation is look for the control where you have it, but be okay with being uncomfortable. And just do it anyway, once you know why you want to change and what's important about you about that change. Are there some strategies that you use to help people be comfortable with being uncomfortable? Because that's a big hurdle I see for people in my community and the people that I speak to, because as soon as there's any kind of hurdle or hiccup or quote unquote failure or things not going the way that they wanted to, it's very easy to revert back to what they were doing before, right? So how how can we overcome that? I think the first thing that it's important to do is I'm going to take you back to know why you want to do that change. I even let my clients, I tell them, write it down know exactly why you decided to go into this area or do those changes so that when the first hurdle comes and the first barrier comes or the first thing you did didn't work out, you open that page, you read it again and you say, oh, okay, I just have to start over because this is why it was important to me. Because I would even, I even ask them to expect what barriers are there for you. Let's work on the barriers up front. 
you know, because many change, there are going to be barriers. There are going to be times you're going to have, what are they for you? And many times those barriers are emotional. There mm-hmm. are our own inner critics. There are our own things that we stop. And sometimes they're actually, you know, something that I need to move away. But others, it's really about my mindset and how I deal with things. But there's still barriers. And we need to understand them and just deal with them, but just like anything else in life. And yeah. then I love what, you know, one psychologist told my daughter once a long time ago, and she told her, in order to be comfortable, you have to learn to be uncomfortable in life. Because there is no other way to learn and grow and create the changes you want unless you're willing to be uncomfortable for a while. That It's a good reminder because that's another thing that I think we've fallen into the trap of is needing to be comfortable all the time and needing to feel like everything is easy. I just feel like we've got into this kind of zone where any kind of discomfort isn't okay. And any kind of emotion isn't okay. Mm. You know, I love positive psychology, but I hate the happiness movement. Because we're not supposed to be happy all the time. A good life, a fulfilling and positive life has difficult moments. And in our everyday life, we have challenges and we struggle and we have anxieties and we have frustrations and we have anger and all these feelings come up. And they're part of happiness and joy and fulfillment. You need to be able to feel both. So in order to be feel really comfortable with the change, and we'll go over the steps to change, you have to be willing to just be with it and play with it and experience whatever it comes. That's actually when we learn and we create the life that we want. Going back to the why statement, because this is something that I start all of my clients with. And I go through a fairly detailed process to create a why statement that actually includes the major objections that they know already exist. Because I find that when you name the hurdles or problems, it's easier to address them. Without that why, everything that could stand in your way will get in your way is what I have discovered. And so I actually have them embed the objections or the roadblocks or the potential barriers right in the why statement. It's a three-part statement that I have them write so that they can go back and see, okay, yes, these hurdles exist, but they are not more important than my goals. They're not more important than my why. And so naming it up front and acknowledging that they're there will be challenges. It's not going to be a smooth process or transition, right? And usually the there's a handful of objections or barriers that come up over and over and over again. And it's usually having to do with time, money, knowledge, and their partner not being on board or some variation of those things. And I think we all have these kind of competing priorities and different elements in our lives that all play a role in the various decisions that we need to make. And so I would like to touch on how we can navigate change with all of these competing priorities that end up becoming barriers or roadblocks in our minds. I love the question. And I think, and and that you strike them with that process, because I do think that understanding your why is so important. You know, when I hear my clients say, well, I have to, or I should, I'm like, no, you don't have to, and you don't should. Because Mm -hmm. if you stay there, the the barriers of the block, the blocks of doing it are too hard. It has to be something that you now decide you want, you need. It's something that is important to you. And it's okay to say it's not important to me right now. It's not my priority right now because I have too many other things in my life. It doesn't make you a a bad mother. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes it that it's not the right time for you. 
not as an excuse, but based on your values. Yeah. So the first step is to really ask yourself, why I want to make these changes for me, for my family? What makes them important for me? Forget about what society is telling you. Forget about everybody else, because it has to come from you. And it comes from you understanding what is important to you. And then if we go to the, you know, why people say they don't do it, I love that you can describe it into time, money, knowledge, and my partner, because I could certainly see myself in some of those. I certainly fall into the knowledge part stops me. And I think maybe the way to answer that is if we go through the stages of, you know, what are the stages that people go through when they have to change? Mm -hmm. Because all of those categories actually fall into some kind of those stages. And I think if you can understand, oh, this is where I'm getting stuck. So what do I do with it? And how can I manage it? So I think one of the main stages for change and in, in the literature it shows it's a, the, the pre-contemplation stage. That's the stage that I, I don't even know that I don't know. So, you know, I used Teflon pants that were scratched for many years, but I'm not going to feel guilty that I did that because I actually didn't know it was unhealthy. So I just did it and I didn't know what I didn't know. Then we passed to the next stage where we started understanding that, oh, there's a gap here. There's something that is not right that I could change. And what should I do about it? So I'm moving from not knowing to knowing that I don't know. And that's an uncomfortable place to be. So some people just want to give up because what do you mean now I don't know and I'm not doing anything about it and this is scary and overwhelming. So we don't like to be there. But some of us then just forget about the change because I don't like being there instead of actually moving to the next stage, which is, so how do I prepare for change? How do I get the information that I need to create the change that I want? This is where, like, for me, I can get stuck and you were my savior because I get so stuck in finding the right information that I never move into action. Because I want Analysis make... paralysis. Oh, totally. That's me. And, you know, that's part of the knowledge. It's like, if I don't know, how am I going to make change? It's not going to be the right one. Anyhow, might as well not do it. So I needed somebody to tell me, here, this is the knowledge you need. Move into action. So that's that's a place. And we need to prepare ourselves. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's about, so how do I prepare my partner? Once that I know that I actually want to make the change, I have the knowledge that I want to do it. But before I can move it into action, I have to convince my partner. And in some things, it can be just, hey, dear, I'm going to do it because it's important. Believe me. And I know you're going to thank me some days. And in some others is I really want to bring you on board. So how do I tell it to you? What information do I give you? How do I prepare also my partner or whoever needs to be prepared to come along with the change that I have to make? I just invite people here to take into account that we all move through the stages of change at different times. Yes. And you can't push me to make the change faster than I'm ready to make it. Absolutely. And I see a lot of partners, you know, the relationship's going there because one is ready and just whoops, wants to go. And the other one is like, not so fast. I don't do change that fast. I need to go through all my stages that we're talking about. And you need to walk me through them if you really want your partner to come with you. That's what I tell my clients who are frustrated that their partners aren't on board. I say, well, look, you have been on this journey for X number of months or years in some cases. It's been a process for you to build up that information and that confidence. You can't expect your partner who is at step A to jump to step L where you're at in one one leap, right? But it's easy to forget that when you've been into it and thinking about it so much. And this is why I actually had a conversation, and I'll link this episode in the show notes specifically about how to have conversations with people who might not be on board yet. And it walks through some strategies to do that. So I will link that in the show notes, but it's an excellent 
reminder. And it's an excellent reminder. Like I say, you know, so I can spend a lot of time in that contemplation area, which is where I hear your podcast and I see this and I do a little bit more, but I don't actually take any actions. And we can be there for a long time. And we're still in the process of wanting the change. And we need to spend the time there. So I would just invite people to acknowledge that we go through these stages and we just need to understand where our partner is and how to get there. And we, we take action, which means we actually do the changes. And the important part here is to choose changes that you will immediately see some wins. So I like to say, you don't have to change your whole life to have a much better life, that you can immediately celebrate that you did something. And I like to be reminded that if a boat is going in one direction and you just shift it by one degree, the end point is already going to be a completely different place. It's the same here when we take actions. You don't have to do, some people do want to do it and by all means go ahead because some people like to change all or nothing and then that's knowing yourself. But for Mm -hmm. most of us, sometimes just doing small changes And seeing the wins can really help us to continue being in action, to be able to see the successes. I call it the snowball effect. But then comes a later stage with how do I maintain that change? Because that's the hard one. You know, that's like when people do diets and they lose the weight, but the maintenance is really hard and they can gain the weight back unless they have really made the changes in their houses or in the lifestyle. So here the change, you know, like for me was I needed to throw away everything that I didn't want to use because I don't even want to think about it anymore. It's not there. I just use what I decided I'm using. So I don't have to make that choice over and over and over again, but I made it once and then I just get used to it. Mm -hmm. And the harder place is when you finally make it a habit and know that it takes time. Habits are not created easily. Some people will say you need 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, or it takes time until you suddenly do it. And I just paid attention, you know, I did the cast irons when you first met you many years ago. And at the beginning, they seemed heavy and then you need to clean them this way. You need to dry them this way. You just, I don't even pay attention anymore. I just told my husband, wow, we just use them and throw them. It just, it, it has finally, after so many time, I love my cast irons. Like, why wouldn't you use them? It's the only thing I will use now, but it wasn't at the beginning. It took time yeah. to create that habit. And sometimes it's, we don't go from one to the other stages. We mix them around and I get to action and I dislike it. So I go back to contemplation and I'm like, I'm going to give up. And then I hear something and say, well, maybe I should try it again. And I'm going to try it again. And it's okay. That's part of the process of change. Yeah. It's never linear. You see those memes on social media where it's what you expect and it's a very straight line from point A to B and then reality and it's this tangled mess of squiggles and that's that's life, right? And then it doesn't even get you to B. I like to say it gets you to C because you couldn't yeah. even imagine C then. But it, but it's part of that. And you also have to be aware of the barriers that are going to come from stage to stage. So if you have to know somebody that says, well, I don't have money, then like, okay, by all means, where do you have money? Let's go with the changes that don't require so much money so that you can feel that you had some wins, that you can see that you are doing something. And maybe that will incline you next time that you are available or there's a big birthday or there's a big something to do the things that are more expensive. Because it's okay. If you're saying money is a problem, then let's acknowledge it. But let's work through it and not just say, Mm -hmm. because I don't have it, then I'm not going to do it. Or if time is a problem. So buy your program, do exactly the steps you take. It doesn't take that much time and do something about it. But the first one is acknowledging that they are barriers for us and it's okay. We just have to deal with them. And like I said earlier, I think those barriers, it ends up being competing priorities where we say we don't have time or we don't have money or knowledge or buy-in or whatever. And so 
how can you navigate all of these pressures, which I think are often internally driven, of competing priorities? Like you, you joined one of the very early versions of what is now my signature program, the Healthy Home Method, and you had a lot going on at the time. Right. So they're perfect example of competing priorities. So what allowed you to make that decision just for a more concrete example? So I think that, and, and that goes to the bigger picture also is I would say that for competing priorities, you first have to understand what is important to you, what is important to your family and maybe what's stopping you from doing it. So when I met you, I knew that I wanted a healthier lifestyle and I had done a lot of changes already, but some of them were just overwhelming. I hate having to read all these little details and names and things. And it was driving me crazy, all this misinformation. And it was when I decided, you know what, this is stopping me. Wanting to know exactly what I'm supposed to do, because I also like science and I'm supposed to know, was making me not make any changes. So when I bought your program, it was like, you know what, I might just tell me what to buy, because that's the only way I'm going to move forward on something that I have decided is important to me. And that's really what got me to buy your program, because I just wanted... Please move me from A, C, D. Just tell me what to do because the overwhelm of information was making me in some areas not to take action. But it started by understanding that, first of all, it was important to me and I did want to make some changes. I started trusting you and knowing that I could trust your information and that I would have control until how far I wanted to go in the in the green, becoming green. I love that he had, you know, very green, more green, less green, that I could start with something and that it would already make me feel like I was making a change, which brings me to the other part. So you need to know what's important to you. You need to make a small change. You need to start doing it. There's a point in time in all of the changes in our lives that we just have to do it. You know, it comes to a point where I have to buy it. I have to start with something and just do it because there is no other way. I won't feel more comfortable. I won't have more money. I won't have more time. I, I just have to do it. And then celebrate that win and keep on going slowly. There's never a good time to make time for what's important is <laughs> what I've, what I've decided, right? There's, there's always going to be something. We're never going to be less busy. That's an, a common roadblock slash excuse I hear is that I'm just too busy, right? But there's always going to be things in our lives that make make it feel like we have no time. And that's when I think people have to decide. So we're always going to be too busy. The to-do list is never going to end. Mm -hmm. What part of your to-do list do you really want to do? And what do you need to do to make it easier for you so that maybe it's not as time consuming as it seems? I think right. Sometimes we carry this thing that it's going to be so hard to do it. I might as well not do it or with change. And suddenly you realize, oh, it wasn't as bad to do it. I just did it faster than it was. And people need to understand that by not doing the change, we spend a lot of emotional time and energy not doing it also. You know, thinking I want to change and not changing sometimes is just as time consuming as actually spending the time in doing it. So it's like asking them if it is, and the answer can be, it's not important for me right now and I don't want to do it. And that's a valid answer. But after you ask yourself, do I want to make the changes? And the answer is still yes. Just know that by not making it, you're still carrying the weight of it. Yeah. It's like sitting on a fence at that point and it's very uncomfortable. And that's what I tell people. It's like, you just need to get on one side of the fence or the other. And if you're on the side of doing, great. If you're on the side of this is important to me, but I can't do it for X, Y, Z, so I'm going to park it, that is just as good because you are not, it's not weighing so heavily on you. And that just adds more stress and 
compounds a lot of the issues that we're trying to avoid by adopting a healthier lifestyle in the first place. Right? And let me add another one to, to this, which is, and sometimes I can decide I go over the fence and I do the changes and then decide that's enough for now. And I go back to the other side and said, I'm not going to do any more changes for now. So yes. like when I did your program a few years back, I did a lot of changes. The water filter is still in my to-do list, but I parked <laughs> it for a while and said, I'm not going to do it. And I'm starting to be over the fence again and say, now nah, it's about time I do it. And it's okay to go back and forward. As long as when you decide it's time to change, you start taking action. Big right. or small doesn't matter, but you do something about it. It seems like each step of the change process that you walked through has its own set of challenges. Is there is there a spot that most people get stuck or is there a, a hardest part of the journey that we should know something about so that we can work through it easier? I think it's different for everybody. I do want people to understand that we are all very different and that we work through change differently. So some steps are going to be harder for me than they are for somebody else. And that's okay. Just like everything in life, we are different human beings. I would say that a hard part for a lot is in the maintenance and finally becoming a habit. That we start with a change and then, you know, I I bought, I just was trying to use some of your examples, but I, I bought the right soap for my laundry and then it's not there anymore. And then I just walked through it and for this time, I'll just go back to this other one. And then I forget and I the change never stayed with me. And I think that's where a lot of people fall into it waiting enough time of doing it and doing it and doing it until it finally becomes a habit. So that's a part where it's important. I think people stay. But like I told you before, a part that was harder for me wasn't the part of, of knowing about it and not being able to take action. Because for me, it just became overwhelming, all this information that I had that I couldn't do anything with it. So it's very different for every person. And I invite everybody to understand what is it for you. But there are things that are in common for most people, you know, that overwhelm us more, if we can go there. You know, some of it is the idea of perfection that we just touched on a little bit before, wanting the change to be perfect. So I'm going to buy the right soap, especially for the cleaning products for my hair, you know, I'm going to buy it and it's going to work perfectly and everything's going to be the right way and I'm going to get it the first time and it's like, it doesn't work that way. We and life is imperfect by definition. So we need to let go of that need for it to be a perfect you don't have to be a perfect mom. Your house doesn't have to be, you know, perfectly green for you to be already taking steps for a healthier life. Nothing is perfect. And if we can let go of that idea that we're going to just the first time make it, I think that will take a lot of the overwhelm away from people. And the other one was what we talked about is, you know, I have to, I have to. It's like, forget it. You don't have to do anything. Life is too hard and challenging already. Let's get rid of the half of your I have tos in life. It has to be something that you believe in. And that yep. is the first step. If I hear myself saying should, like I should do something, I stop and now it automatically becomes a no. Because if I think about it and I'm like, no, actually I want to, or I have to, fine. But if it stays in that, oh, I should, then that just feels like, it feels icky and it it never feels good. And it has been one of the best changes I've made in my own approach to how I spend my time and the decisions that I make is getting rid of the should. I think it's so important. And I think also for, you know, I have older kids, but I think for the younger parents, it's even become harder because we're supposed to be all this, should be this kind of parent. I should do this for my kids and I should do this and I should do this. And I'm like, whoa, that's overwhelming. And if I had done half of the things that you're supposed to do, I would have been a horrible parent. And my kids are young adults and they're great kids. So it wasn't so wrong that they didn't take their naps right on time and they didn't do this. And it was okay because it worked for me. So I agree. 
it's choices and change and adapting to changes about things that are important to you. And I think the the important piece too, is that it's, it's a conscious decision-making process where we get stuck in the should. Again, we're sitting on that fence. We don't have enough information to make a confident decision one way or the other. And so it's just, we're stuck. Where I see people falling into the trap of either giving up or not taking the steps to collect enough information to make a conscious decision. And so they jump to one side of the fence or the other to keep using that analogy, but they know that they didn't have enough information to necessarily make that decision. And so they're not feeling grounded in the choice that they made, right? And so when it comes to toxins, I mean, yes, there is absolutely no such thing as a perfect house and trying to avoid them altogether is never the goal. But there is a fine line between total apathy and doing the steps that is going to get you results. And the only way to figure that out is to have the knowledge to know where your most important actions are. And I think that that same approach applies to really any change that you want to make in life, right? Is is knowing the actions that are going to give you the biggest bang for your buck or time or energy or whatever the case might be. Totally. It's for every change. And it's knowing that when you're on top of that fence, it's the most uncomfortable place to be. It's easier to be either on one side or the other than bouncing up and down without doing anything about it. That is so time consuming. You know, like me and the water mm-hmm. filter, I look at it, I, I don't do anything. That's the ups and downs, which is very hard. Well, it's easier yeah. just to say, I'm not going to do it right now. I'll do it next time. And it's okay. I did enough steps. And there's one more thing that I think we can help people with, which is not only knowing what is important to you, but how can you make the choices more simple, easier for you? So I don't have to repeat the choices. You know, for me was, I got my cast iron pines that threw out the rest. I didn't want to think about it anymore. They're just here. This is what I need to use. Mm-hmm. I bought your program. I don't want to make the decisions. I want to be told what to do. It was my decision. That was important to me. I was conscious about what my barriers and why would I need to make the decisions simpler for me so that I wouldn't have to decide over and over again. You know, it's like when we talk about people that have to go on a diet easiest thing is not to have the food you don't want to eat in the house. Yes. Because having to choose not to use it over and over again is torture. We Nobody has that much of a willpower. We're talking about helping you not to have to have willpower and choices over and over again and just doing it one. So how can you simplify that choice? I, at the beginning, didn't tell my husband that I was making changes. He didn't have to know if we weren't going to use any towels for the dryers anymore. We're just not there anymore. It was just, and by the time he asked, he had gotten used to it that I wasn't using them and it was okay. We never used them again. Not everything has to be the big discussion, the big change. Sometimes it's how can I make it simpler and just start acting on them and then just flow with it so that it makes it easier. I love it. I think that's a perfect point to end on because I think we could all use some more ease and simplicity in our lives. So that is a great reminder not to overcomplicate things when they can be made easier. And because remember that change is going to be there, you like it or not. So why not take charge where we can? And why not make the changes that we feel are important to us and then just try doing it? I love it. Thank you so much, Claudia, for being here. I really appreciate the conversation. Where can my listeners go to learn more from you? So I would really invite them to go to my website, which is Claudia, C-L-A-U-D-I-A, Arrow from my last name, Aronowitz, A-R-O dot com. And I would really invite them to register to receive my my monthly post. I write a lot about personal development and personal growth 
with the idea that you read something in 30 seconds that will remind you of what is important to you and will keep you thinking and moving forward to creating the changes you want. I love it. I will pop that link in the show notes. I encourage you all to check out Claudia's email list so that you can continue to grow your mindset and become more adaptable and more effective at making change in your own life. Thanks, Claudia. Thank you, Emma, for having me. I am so passionate about what do you do? At least in my household, when I do a change, my husband said, what? Your guru told you to do it. I'm like, yeah, she mentioned it was important. So I don't need to know why anymore. (laughs) So there we go. (laughs) That's amazing. Thank you, Claudia. I do hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you over in my free Facebook group. It's a great place to get feedback from over 4,000 super supportive members and where I share bonus trainings and content to help make your healthy home journey easier. Just type green product forum in the search bar in Facebook or head into the show notes where you'll find all the places you can find me online. Until next time, have a great day.